Hi there. Just a word of warning. We may say some bad words in this podcast, so please don't subject it to your kids. Similarly, if you want to find a bad language yourself, maybe press pause now. Okay, it's pretty obvious. No, fair enough. Well, hello, everyone. How are we doing? Well, they can't respond to you, Joe, so... <laughs> don't don't worry. I was waiting for you to, I was waiting for you to greet them, but that's okay. <laughs> that's, that's why I'm not smooth talking. I genuinely thought you were waiting for listeners to respond. I was just waiting for you to introduce yourself. I think you made that awkward. Not me. Definitely not me. Sorry. Good everyone and welcome back to another week of Barely a Quiz. To those returning for another podcast, it is great to have you listening. To anyone foolish enough to join us for the first time, kia ora, welcome along. I'm Dan, joined of course by my two partners in crime here. Now we've got the smooth-talking, beer-swilling salesman hailing from Hertfordshire. His name is Pre. Hello there. And of course our resident winger from Essex. A man who's renowned for both his face for radio as much as he is for his beer insults. Joe, it's always a pleasure, my man. Hello there. All right, welcome along, lads. Now, if you've only just stumbled across this podcast, you're in for a treat. This is the podcast that is all about beer, shit yarns, and trivia, which, of course, is every pub lover's dream. Now, in the first half of our podcast tonight... We have a Bring Your Own segment. We'll be having a chat about beers, trying out a few new brews along the way. It's a, it's a pretty roundabout journey as we navigate our way through our reviews and, of course, as our glass continues to empty. The second half, now that's where I get to have a bit of fun with Joe and Pre. Now, they were once famed quiz attendees. Now they're just lads who are being beaten regularly by our listeners. So... As I get to quiz on Pre and Joe on a subject of my choosing, remind me, lads, uh, for the sake of our listeners, who currently has the bragging rights? I think that's me, right? Because we drew the first one. Yeah, I did pretty horrific last round. I only got a score of two, which is probably the worst that anyone will ever get. But that's okay. I'll beat that this round. Well, that's not true. I mean, many people who have never been to any of the countries we mentioned scored quite quite more highly than you there joe that, that's it comes with experience it comes, I'm, I'm still new <laughs> to this right i've, I've never done trivia before right, uh, <laughs> not true okay so uh on on this episode tonight now we'll be trying out a wee bit of a new format to the podcast before heading into the quiz um and of course the quiz this week now i've rolled uh rolled back the clock to a decade that we all have in common now, I did mention this on our last podcast. I've rolled back the clock. We're going to be talking about 90s trivia in our quiz tonight. Now, and I will talk more about our slightly tweaked format for our Bring Your Own segment, but we'll talk about more about that later. But first and foremost, lads, how have you been since the last pod? Ah, uh, mate, I've been awesome, eh? Um, so currently on holiday in Wanaka, where I'm going to be until early February. So while I'll be, be working here, it's it's a pretty decent time in one of my favourite places in the world. Um, good opportunity to test all the local beers. Now, if mm. you've never been to Wanaka, um, Wanaka's 
not only just looks beautiful, paradise, but it's actually really good for craft beer as well. I've been having lots of ground up, um, rhyme and reason, Wanaka Beer Works and, and Beer Effect. So small town, but four really good breweries, um, really good options down the way. Um, some particular favourites of mine are Ground Up's Punks in the Gym, so good, and also the new Hazy, the Vibe 2.0 from Rome Reason. Oh, I've had that. Are, That's fantastic. Yeah, if you are in the area, um, highly recommend you go down there and get mm. some. So good. They change the recipe every time. That's why it's called the Vibe. That's good to know. Well, you better get in quick then um, before they change mm. the recipe up in here, because this was like delicious they have another hazy fruity patootie i think it's called yeah, um yeah. and i like that that's really good but um the vibe 2.0 um, does just sneak ahead of it in in my um basic mm. bitch hazy ipa drinking um listing i feel i feel like our whatsapp group since joe has uh, gone on holiday has just been constant beer spam just like <laughs> cans oh. i've never seen before Pictures of glasses in bars. Pictures of people's legs at bars. Uh, as much as I love Joe, it's been fucking annoying, hasn't it? Like, <laughs> <laughs> he's killing me, man. Like We're all grinding away here, and he's just living the life in Wanaka. Fun fact about Wanaka, that they, are a, they, are, they have the most breweries per capita out of any town in New Zealand. That's why you should go really? there. Tourism tip to Wanaka. And that's why I want to live here, mate. It's the best place in the world. Um, stand by it. Um, the weather's been cracking every single day as well. Had a little bit of rain today, but again, it's back to over 20 degrees and, and hot and humid, which may not be everyone's cup of tea, but for me, as a as a, as a pom, it's like being in Benidorm. <laughs> Benidorm with Sounds fantastic. Uh, Pre, how have you been keeping, mate? Um, well, I mean, I've been good. Uh, been receiving loads of messages from from listeners who've been uh, uh, and friends of the show, I should say, been uh, letting me know their scores and how they're doing. We've had loads of sort of fours, five, sixes out of ten, um, but nothing, I think, higher than that so far. Um, apart from, uh, I got, sh- I got to give a bit of a shout out to uh, Pete, who's a friend of the show. Um, he messaged me uh, this morning actually with um, a seven out of ten score on the Towns Ooh, New Zealand. So I think. Is the nice highest work, Pete. we've had so far, mm. um, and he also wants to recommend to us the Pete by Parrot Dog, <laughs> which is a double hazy IPA. I've had that which, one. Um, I've had that. It's good. Oh, have you had it? Yeah, I yeah. love it. Well done, Pete. Good taste. A couple of those, and you'll be having a very good time. I think he's quite biased as to why he would uh, recommend that, obviously. But um, it's <laughs> fa- it's fairly cool to have a beer named. We've got the same name as you, I'd say. I mean, it's not mm. likely I'm going to have a beer named. Yeah, I can't ever imagine seeing like a, a hazy or like a beer called like the Dan. Like that's a fucking unsexy name for a beer, mate. The Joe. <laughs> to be fair, yeah. I reckon like calling a drink like Pre's, that would actually be the most likely one to get off the ground because where, where are you going before town? You're going for pre-drinks. <laughs> yeah, true. Oh, but that would get shut down on the connotation of like binge yeah. drinks. And unfortunately, we're yeah. all about 15 years too old for that, so... Yeah, and we're all about responsible drinking, Dan. Yeah, of course, of course, of course, of course. <laughs> Unlike Joe, who's been basically drunk the entire time he's been in Wanaka. He's living his best life, man. Don't you judge him for his choices? If you if you if you go to Wanaka and you don't ski because you've got no knees, you drink. Fair play. Fair play. Yeah, well, um, needs mass. But yeah, I've we, I've got um, I've got friends of the show now, sort of like taking it upon themselves like teach me stuff 
which because um, they now well, know it's not that hard to teach you yeah. stuff free because you know fuck yes. all of them, judging from the results. <laughs> exactly exactly um so but someone told me um and i don't know if this is true cause i didn't google it and find this out but i'm just going to take it on face value that apparently hazy beer or hazy ipas are vegan because they're unfiltered they don't use fish bones to like filter the beer um who was using fish bones to filter a beer? Yeah. <laughs> I think you just fell for what someone's random fact. <laughs> I thought you were going to turn around down and say, like, yeah, of course, they use fish bones to, to you know, do this to the beer. But No, um, they they use mislin. <laughs> right, okay. So maybe that's sort of fake news. Maybe we need to check that out before I announce it. On here. Pretty interesting fact around stouts as well. You know, they're made using horse semen. <laughs> I thought you might fall for it. That would explain, explain why you love them so much, Joe. Eh? Hey, don't call me foal for nothing. Yeah. All right. Um, now, so off topic slightly, but um, now Pre actually mentioned to us earlier in the week that um, apparently. On the Apple Podcast chart, we are currently sitting at 124th out of a possible 250 podcasts in New Zealand in the hobbies range. Now, some may say that's a wee bit niche, but I say how good. Although apparently it was, to be fair, our, our group reaction, it, it did become slightly less cool when we found out that we were being absolutely pantsed by a sewing podcast. Apparently those guys are a wee bit more hardcore than that. What do you guys think? Well, you know what they say. You reap what you sow. Oh yeah, like... He's had to go in. Uh, oh, that's awful. That's I loved it. I'm so proud. I was so um, proud of that joke. Because that was up there. I'm just amazed that they're number one sewing. Like, there's, there's, yeah, man. there's people who... It's like... And that's above other hobbies. So, like, this is in the hobby section. And... They must be a tight-knit community. Oh, no. Oh, no. Here we go. I love it, mate. I love it. <laughs> you can edit that shit out. <laughs> oh, mate. Honestly, that praise really pulled the wool over your eyes there. Oh, no. Now, now I know why I wanted to talk about this because you both had stuff. You didn't even you didn't come even on, like... Joe. Stop needling him. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you guys got to stop. I just look. I feel bad for people who have to listen to this. Uh, you choose to listen to this, and then you guys use crowbars at the whole thing to just put awful jokes. I have no regrets. Anyway, right. But no, seriously though, 124th after out of 250 after only two podcasts. I reckon that's a pretty fantastic effort, boys. Uh, yeah. I mean, I, I'm I'm actually flabbergasted because it's like I didn't think many people or anyone listens to this really, apart from the people mm. I told to listen to it <laughs> looks like there are some people out there who've taken interest in in this and, and uh, it's good um because uh we'd love to share our beer journey with everyone and uh our trivia i think it also just shows that we've got lots of friends and family so thank you to all of my friends and family <laughs> who, who have contributed to those numbers there but yeah i think like two episodes 124 so yeah i think um testament to good work that that um dan you do as a host and pre you i'd love to re- to um you know show that compliment back to you joe but there's just nothing i can thank you for here it's just my sense <laughs> of humor mate it's my jokes Mate, someone's got to lighten yeah. this this podcast somehow, eh? Joe is up all night writing these jokes, you know, Dan. Like, it's not an accident. 
Oh, you should spend less time doing that, man, because it is not worth the money. <laughs> Again, I'm just really happy you guys think these jokes are planned and written. It just shows how good they are. But that they're off the yeah, cuff, sure, mate. Off sure. the cuff. They're definitely not off the cuff. All right. So I reckon uh, we should move into our Bring Your Own segment. So now this week, as I mentioned earlier in the pod, um, we're going to tweak the Bring Your Own part of this podcast around a bit. Now, to explain this properly, I have to introduce you all to a newcomer to the show. We've got a new partner. It's called Belia Beerfridge. Now, so basically, in order to spice up the competition that is currently battling on between Joe and Pre on this podcast, each week, both Pre and Joe will pitch a beer to me that they think deserves to end up being stocked in the Beerly fridge. Now, I'll give them both a fair shout to plead the case and, when possible, join in on the tasting if I can get my hands on them. So at the end of the sales pitch, I will decide on the one that will make it into this dreamboat of a fridge. Now, lads, I have to tell you, if you plan on making it into this Beerly esteemed fridge, the smart approach would be to appeal to my nature. You're selling to me, remember. So obviously I want to hear your thoughts on the beer and points will be given accordingly. However, I'm placing on equal value, sheer entertainment value to us listening to your pitch. So if you want to check out the contents of the fridge at any point after this podcast, then you can see it on our link tree, which is in the show notes of our Instagram page at Barely a Quiz. Now, so this week, given that the weather's been getting a bit warmer, it's been getting nice and toasty. I don't know about you boys, but I'm personally in need of something that is refreshing and crisp. So I thought it would be a good idea to ask you both to bring a Pilsner to stock in the fridge. So, Joe, tell me more about what an actual style of Pilsner is. Yeah, no, fair enough. So, um... <clears throat> Bear in mind, my knowledge is reasonably limited here, but from what I do know is that Pilsner is a, a kind of pale lager, so really light and easy to drink. Um, the the word Pilsner comes from the the city or town, I think it's a city that it originally came from, and that's the town of Pilsen, or city, or Pilsen, um, that are in the country um, Czech Republic, or, or Czechia as they're now known. Um, like... I don't know about the one that I've I've got here specifically, but Pilsners are a really good kind of gateway into craft beer. If you are somebody mm. who's only really had experiences with with lagers, um, and there are some really accessible ones. So whether you're listening to this from the UK, Belgium, anywhere in Europe, Australia, New Zealand, you should go to any bar and be able to comfortably find a Pilsner there, which is good. No, absolutely. I mean, like, I actually think it's great that we're starting this pitch with the Pilsner style. Now, having worked behind a few different craft bars, um, like you mentioned earlier, Joe, I always like to use a Pilsner as almost a gateway drug for those looking to ease their way into craft beer. Now, because, like, I mean, hey, it's a good time. It's a good time. I mean, you start out with one little puff of a Pilsner and all of a sudden you're smoking back IPAs. Obviously, we have a fair share of lager drinkers out there, but if you're ever looking for a bit of a step up into the world of craft beer, a Pilsner is a really great starting point. It's crisp, refreshing like a lager. However, it's got a more of a hoppier punch and greater flavor. Um, particularly at this time of year and summer here in New Zealand, it's just a really, really good way to start your night off. 
So obviously both of you have brought a different Pilsner to the party tonight. Hopefully Pre hasn't bought a wine again, but we'll just see how that one unfolds. <laughs> now, right, so I was umming and ahhing about who would kick things off tonight. However, Pre, seeing as Joe still owes you a Mr. Miyagi from last time, I think you should have oh, yeah. the rights tonight to kick things off. So tell us about your Pilsner that you brought to the party tonight. Thank you, Dan. And uh, yeah, that good good reminder that uh, Joe owes me one. Now he's gone off to Wanaka. That's obviously made it a lot harder to recollect. I, I genuinely yeah. forgot. <laughs> um, right, Dan, I've brought in a Castles dry hot Pilsner. So when when this uh, like idea came up and we said, you know, what beers are we going to go? And we thought Pilsner was a good one to start on. Mm. Um, this was one of the first that came into my mind because... Yeah. It's one of those that I remember picking up quite early on when I first came to New Zealand because it, it, mm -hmm. I think it's mm -hmm. quite easy to get hold of anywhere. And yeah. most Castles beers are, to be fair. Um, it's a really cool family brewery um, down in the South Island. Where, do you know where they're from, actually? Christchurch. Christchurch, cool. Yeah, yeah. good, better research than me. <laughs> um, but they they seem to have um, like a nice, consistent... Um, like brewing style like look around them as well and uh they they come in these nice short bottles with uh black branding around them and gold gold writing they look kind of kind of cool i think and they're just cool uh, castle logo on the front so the reason i picked this as well dan is i know you are a bit of a sports fan um, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and i'm gonna put this out there is this is the ultimate sports pilsner what i mean Ooh, by okay. that is okay you can this is one of those that you will sit down in front of the TV on a Sunday afternoon when a one day's on for the cricket or could mm -hmm. be football, mm -hmm. could be golf, whatever you want to watch that day. And this is one of those beers that just takes you through a long haul sports event, no problem. Um, it's It's got a really uh, smooth taste to it. Um, mm -hmm. You can just get the Interesting little bit for of Yeah. <laughs> It is smooth and it's really, it's obviously it's light and crisp as you'd expect, but I yeah. think um, it's got a, an interesting aftertaste because like you said, Dan, about people wanting to step up into like tasting different things from craft mm. beer. If you're not a fan of, if you don't think you like hops in or that strong yeah. taste of hops, this is a good way, as you say, a gateway drug to get into oh. it because the aftertaste okay. on this is just right. It's not too bitter. It doesn't make you go, oh, hang on, this is going to be difficult to drink a lot of this. Um, but it's and there's just enough there. Um, and it's made out of cool things. So it says it's made out of uh, Motueka and Nelson Sauvin hops, which I think mm -hmm. is the same, like uh, related to the Sauvignon grape. Um, I don't know how. You might have to uh, educate me on that. Um, and it gets, some, it gets a lot of its taste from there. So it's quite um, crispy and lime-flavoured, um, which is again really easy to drink nice. so for me this is one of those beers that just suits everything in terms of a, a proper sunday afternoon and then let's say after the sports finish you want to get some food in it's so light and easy to drink not very fizzy perfect for a curry i'd say perfect yeah. for that kind of you know spicy food um to go alongside it and not um overpower or take too much away and um and just refresh basically so for me, Castle's Dry Hopped Pilsner. 
is my pitch to go into the fridge. That um, that actually sounds really good. It does, I, I haven't tried this one before. And um, just backtracking slightly to your comments around the Nelson Soven hop. So I've had the Nelson Soven hop described to me. No one really uses it as a predominant hop, but it, it's almost like like seasoning. Like you know how when, when you're cooking, like you're adding all these spices and herbs and things like that. But it's not until you start adding salt that it really brings it all together. So basically, the Nelson Soven hop has been described to me as being a hop that it, 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 it's like adding salt into a meal. Like it's just the seasoning. It brings things together. It enhances the flavor. So the Motueka yeah. hop is, is a really nice hop. It's really flavorful. Um, and so it would just, it would be, the, the Nelson Soven hop would just be in there to enhance the flavor of what sounds like a fantastic beer. That's a very good sales pitch, Pre. I'm impressed. What, what does uh, dry hops mean? So that just basically means like, so it's added in once it's kind of already fermenting, I think. It, I may not be entirely correct. So like once you've kind of, you've started the brew, you add, you might add the hops in whilst it's in the whirlpool stage. And then when you're dry hopping something, it's when you're adding hops in when it's kind of already on the way, when it's already cooking. And so that right, gives okay. you an you get a you get a lot of flavor out of the hops. You get a nice bit of finish, and so like it, it the way you've described it, like a smooth tasting pilsner. I'm intrigued. I do want to go out and buy this. So this is going to be intriguing. I think I'd, I'd say I'd say it's smooth mainly because it's not overly fizzy. Um, mm. It says like, on on the description, it says it's got this like mineral aftertaste. Um, yeah. which I couldn't really pick up on, mate. Uh, I could pick more up of the hop itself, mm. but it, it it's an easy drink. And, and look, it's only, um, it's 5.3%, right? So it's not too strong, but it's on that limit of like, this is, this is a good sort of beer to get you through. You can definitely mm. uh, taste that going through. And it's, um, it is so crisp. I mean, those lime flavors come up really, really nicely. And it's like, just, pure summer's day hot hot beer this is this is what you want no that sounds good and yeah again so all right so joe i have to admit pre has come in with a pretty decent sales pitch here i'm getting quite keen for a castle's dry hot pilsner so you need to dazzle me here lad like floor's yours yeah, no, absolutely. I'd have to agree with that. Um, Pre was an excellent salesman. But um, don't worry, Dan, I'm not going to put you on the spot by asking you questions like, what does dry hopped mean? I'll actually come with all the information needed um, to adequately sell <laughs> this beer this beer to you. Um, so the beer that I mean, I've got... He is... didn't even know where Castles came from. So, you know, I'll <laughs> Yeah, well, the beer that I've got, so the brewery, um, as we all know, is in, in Aro Valley. So um, I've got a garage project, Hops on Point. Um, I think a really um, important um, sense for you to understand is is smell. Um, so not smell, um, audio and hearing because we're in a podcast. So very importantly, Ooh, I was just cool. I was just that was actually pre-opening the can, but uh, okay, he's done it for me. But I'm going to open the can yeah. as well, and this is going to be um, my crack is going to be even nicer than Pre's. So I'm going <laughs> to open that one. <laughs> Not even close, mate. Free, <laughs> free the ones yours, oh, no. mate. Don't even bother talking uh, here, Joe. 
Pre's just thrown his his crack around. <laughs> um, anyway, so I'm just gonna just gonna pour the beer out. So it's a really nice light golden um, color. So mm. I don't know if you can see cool. it's it's what you'd kind yeah. of want from a pilsner. Really, really yeah, good. Exactly. Um, so the Garage Project Hops on Point is a champagne pilsner. So it's made for those who kind of appreciate the finer thing in life, finer things in life, or those who are really keen to impress maybe a date, but still want to drink beer and not drink So why is a lad from yeah. Essex buying one? Talk me through that. Well, because I'm, I'm a lad from Essex. Yep, absolutely. I'm, I'm um, from... Dagnum originally, so um, but I've moved and I'm currently in Wanaka, so obviously I'm a man who appreciates <laughs> the finer things and and especially when it's to when it's to do with beer as well. So um, this is a beer um, that if you've been in kind of um, four squares supermarkets, um, liquor lands, you've probably come across it. You've probably seen it before. It's got a really um, nice can design, so um, it's got a a, a gold like background with a green kind of hop foreground so really fancy um it's a 6.7 percent so not one that you would drink all night Hang but on. again it's a pilsner that's 6.7 that is unusual usually you find them in between like four and a half to five percent that's kind of yeah it's yeah it, it's potent right and i think it comes from the champagne yeast that it's brewed with um again yeah. the champagne so you're looking at a slightly higher percentage as well right so mm. i've been able to kind of find a, a bit of a balance between pre-bringing a wine and meeting the demands <laughs> of us having to bring a, a pilsner here um cool fact about this is that it was initially brewed for the royal new zealand ballet as well just really going really? for that um yeah, it's it's um, a, a, something that I only learned in doing my research for it. It's actually written on the can, um, and oh, it also it was, it was brewed for them as in brewed for the ballet dancers or brewed for who? How does how do you brew for the ballet, the New Zealand ballet? Mate, I, honestly, um, I haven't got into that level of detail. That wasn't really. Um, information readily available to me. However, I'd imagine probably yes. um, as a part of a fundraiser to sell. Um, would be an educated guess based off of, you know. Um, Pre, you didn't no even education. look up where your brewery was from, so I'm not sure you're <laughs> Just saying, it sounds vague, Dan, and, you know. One of the most famous breweries in New Zealand. Didn't look up where yeah. it was from. But, um, Dan, to be honest, don't worry Don't worry about Pre. He didn't even know what dry hopped means, so let's just move on from him. Um, so um, I've just had a, a, a drink of it. And again, kind of like pre, I'd say that it's um, really nice on a hot day. It's quite mm. humid and warm here at the moment and very refreshing. Um, tastes close to a lager, but that makes sense with it being a pale lager. Um, yeah, yeah. And in terms of aroma, I would say that it is really tropical. Um, mm -hmm. So, yeah, for me... Um, Sorry. Also, another thing to add was that this is also made with the Nelson Southern hops. So, um, kind of similar, I would say, probably in taste mm. a little bit to the um, Castles that pre-brought, except mine was also had champagne added to it. So, again, um, superior, in my opinion, in almost every single way. But don't just take my word for it. Um, I did some research on this <laughs> and untapped um, thousands of people 
thousands of craft beer fans would agree with me. So um, if you want another thing just to add to the sales pitch, which I know you would have already agreed that my beer is the best beer, um, this got a rating of 3.61, over 2,200 views or ratings, and the Castle's Dry Hot Pilsner was 3.51. So unless you want to spit in the face of every craft beer fan, which is our target audience for this podcast, well, half of our target audience for this podcast, um, I would say you'd be mad not to pick this beautiful champagne, elegant, classy, beautiful, amazing Pilsner. All I'm going to say is Mm -hmm. what do the people on Untapped really know about beer? Okay, so I've I've maybe I thought Joe was the resident insulter here. Yeah, and you've just insulted pretty much. Right, there goes our our great podcast rating. (laughs) Mate. Shit. We're dropping down to like 130 now. Yeah, but no, um this this is quite accessible. Um it's not um you know, I've made it sound like it's a really kind of high class champagne beer but you can find it for around six dollars a can in the supermarket sometimes mm. even a little bit cheaper so i think it's a really good way to you know impress your partner and go listen i've got you some champagne and trick him and go ah you into craft beer now so um dan <laughs> it's what the hell dan even though i know you've already made your decision and you're going to pick the right decision it's time to choose which of our two pilsners is making it into the beer quiz fridge now, you were right about one thing here, Joe. I, I have made my decision. I thought about it long and hard. Um, I did particularly like the line of buying your partner some champagne and then being like, bang, you're into craft beer now. I might use that <laughs> one doesn't, later. It doesn't work, Dan. That's not how life works. Shut up, Pre. Learn about Christchurch. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, do you know what? Um, I also just want to say, in, in uh, I know that the people listening can't see this, but while I was going through my um, uh, my spiel, P, um, Pre was undressing for Dan in the in in the webcam. That it we was noted and it was appreciated. <laughs> yeah, I got a bit warm, um, so I took off my um, dressing gown. Dressing gown. Enjoy. Hey, Pre, Pre, get a bit warmer, mate. Get a bit warmer. <laughs> yeah. Well. Um, uh, yeah. So, Call me FIFA because I'm capable of being bored. <laughs> now we've offered a peek behind the curtain of how things run on this podcast. <laughs> you know, Joe's always in a West Ham top, regardless. <laughs> we before before we started recording, guys, uh, we were commenting on what we thought was a shirt hanging up uh, behind Dan. It turns out to be his partner's dress, and we were, Joe and I were having a full on conversation about how we thought Dan would look really good in that in the bar. <laughs> I maintain um, he still would. <laughs> <laughs> so you know and yeah i do and i have now worn dressing gowns to uh to recording so that gives you a kind of a picture of how we how we roll here at billy quiz it shows that we're quite a, a way away from being on youtube <laughs> yeah. all right lads i reckon let's crack on with the quiz eh shall we kick things off absolutely all right now so this brings me to my favorite part of the pod tonight this is quiz on me so i'll be asking 10 themed questions to pre and joe while they're going to give their best attempt to give an answer and maybe one of them can finally be above fucking average for a change (laughs) 
That's so aggressive, Dad. Yeah, well, you fucked around for the first two quizzes. Wow, I didn't so realize we offended up. you that much with our general lack of knowledge. Put a lot of time into this, man. Put a lot of time. I've been trying really hard. <laughs> <laughs> now, so of course, like last week, before I give the answers at the end, Joe and Pre, they're going to share their answers with us all. So we can either sit back in awe at the depth of their knowledge, or, as I prefer to, we get to laugh in their faces for their feeble efforts. So just quietly, boys, before we kick things off, how confident are you feeling about the 90s? Like, what's the score predictions tonight? Is someone going to finally crack the magical five, or are we still just fucking spiders? I think... Right, so... This is a weird round because, you know, I was born in the 90s and obviously grew up in part of it. Um, I just have a really hazy recollection of general things around the 90s, though. I, I've done 90s rounds mm. before in quizzes and I've generally not been very good. So I'm on the I'm being pessimistic today. I don't think I'm going to score very well, probably less than a five. Oh, come on, man. I do. Yeah, I do. Joe, how are you feeling? I think for, for me, with the 90s, there are some things yeah. that I'm just going to know really well. Um, and then there are some things that I'm going to assume I know and then work out very quickly that I have mm-hmm. no idea about it as the questions asked. Um, I was born 91. So, yep, again, kind of like, like pre. Um, I was a child during most of the 90s. I think I've got a slight advantage of having older brothers. So I think I've kind of absorbed some knowledge um, from them. Um, I think I think to be honest, it's down to the questions, um, and I think really, if I do a, a, a poor job, I would say it's down on the quiz I'm person myself. Mm, no, no, he, no he's met aggression with aggression. You yeah, could learn yeah. a thing or two here, Pre. Do you guys think though that actually, I don't know what mate, you, Joe? You're similar to me, right? So we're born about a year apart. I think I remember, and I think obviously I was a bit older going through this period. But the 2000s, I'm good at. If you quiz me on that, I know a lot about the 2000s. But the nineties just feels like, and you you're lucky you've got to be a a beer a brother <laughs> who who can lend you that knowledge. But I was the oldest, right? So I didn't have anyone in that era who knew anything between what like ninety two to easily ninety seven, ninety eight. Because I'd have been only about five six years old. So you poor thing, that must have been so tough for tough. you. It is. Um, Prey, when you're editing this, can you just put a small violin uh, in the background? I was just thinking the same. Like the tiniest one you can find, barely enough between your thumb and your little finger. Yeah, well. I'm sure you'd be fine, Prey. Can you make it play the theme of Coronation Street? Because that'd be hilarious. <laughs> Such a weird request. Uh... Coronation Street's not just a 90s thing. Is this, is this coming from the Quizmaster? I'm quite concerned. It's been around a while, Dan. <laughs> All right. Let's get started, lads. Now, for everyone listening in, of course, make sure you note down your answers. And if you feel like it, share them with us. We're at Barely a Quiz on Instagram. We would love to see your answers. We'd love to see how you did. No doubt you'll do better than Pre and Joe tonight. But, you know... Whether you've scored 2 out of 10 or 10 out of 10, share them with us. We'd love to see them. So that brings me to barely a quiz tonight. It is about the 90s, of course. Question 1. American novelist R.L. Stein is responsible for which famous 90s series of novels? 
I had about 30 of these on my shelf as a kid, I'll be honest. I can see Joe's just written something down immediately, which means he knows the answer. Yeah. Yeah, as soon as I said RL, he was like, yep, sweet, I'm in. Literally knew the answer straight away. Sorry, Prey, you're screwed, mate. I know. This is, goes back to... I, I used more. to like the um, Create Your Own Adventure um, version. Oh, I loved it. I loved yeah. it. You'd get, you, and, then, and then you'd do the one like... You'd flick ahead to one page and you'd see that it wasn't ending so well. So you're like, oh, no, 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 Skip I definitely it. didn't pick that page. Definitely <laughs> yeah. didn't pick that. I picked the other option. I've, I've gone for a bit of a guess, but I think it's a good guess, like a solid guess. It's a... I was trying to help you a bit there, Prey, because we are friends here and we help each other out. So that's how sure. the quiz works. I was listening to the last podcast just before this and I realized how many clues I gave away during the last quiz round. I mean, you still both yeah, you, But you do here. basically try and give us the answer at points, um, which is very friendly of you. But... i still got a score of two. And, <laughs> and neither of you pick it up. <laughs> but the two that you got, Joe, have given to you by time. <laughs> <laughs> Speaking of two, question two. In 1997, OMC famously became the first ever New Zealand band to reach number one on a US billboard chart with which hit single? Oh, God, I mean, come on. I specifically put this question in here because you're both British. Yeah, in 97. Um, wait, have, um... what's the band? In 1997, OMC famously became... Oh, there's multiple New Zealand 90s questions in here, so prepare yourselves. Oh, no. OMC famously became the first ever New Zealand band to reach number one on a US billboard chart with which hit single. I guarantee you, you will both have heard this song. I know this because I put it in my quiz rounds at Waitawa before, and you've heard it. I know, um, like, oh, God. Still My Sunshine was Len, and that was a big song. Oh, still my oh, sunshine is also not a New Zealand song. Yeah, yeah, there we go. There we oh, go. Uh, yeah. Oh wait, no, I've lost it. Um, wait, hold up. I, um, it's yeah, really no. quite strange, Prey, that you don't know. <laughs> Joe's been here longer yeah. than I have, and honestly, like the only the only song that goes on repeat <laughs> so everywhere is Joe that, appreciated that Joe. Is that Dave Dobbin song. So, mate, I I moved here in the early 2000s or mid 2000s to be more accurate so to, to say that i've been here longer is is you know unfair it's, unfair. it's also but factually correct i'm just just <laughs> <laughs> it's like... right. oh hang on hang on i need to put something down for this question three we're going a bit further abroad here in which year did bill clinton famously tell the nation in a televised speech i did not have sexual relations with that woman, Miss Lewinsky. Now, because I take pity on you both, I'll give you half a point if you're within a year either side. Oh, yeah, I've got like a four-year swing. Yeah, so so you, you, you've got a 50% cho- choice. 50%, 50% chance of at least getting half a point. Actually, <laughs> um, no, you've got a two, no, three-quarter chance. Do I do I do I get half a point if I say the the, the name of the person the woman the the woman? Well, considering the name of the person was in the question, no. Oh, was it? Yeah. Okay, never if mind. You said Monica Lewinsky. I... In the question. <laughs> this is as bad as Austria Australia last time. <laughs> Honestly, as soon as I hear that, like... you know what, Joe, you're doctor point. Wow. As soon as I kind of hear my assumption of what the question is, whether that actually is the question or not, I'm just like switch off. 
write it down. I can't believe you're not better at quizzes, mate. That's that's amazing. No, what happens is as soon as you start talking Thanks, about the mate. question, Dan, is Joe starts thinking of ways he can try and score points or beg you for more points for not answering <laughs> the question. I had a call Aaron. <laughs> now, question four is another New Zealand question because I know you love those. Which TV game show was former New Zealand boxer David Tua appearing on when he uttered the famous line, O for awesome. Oh. oh. I mean, I... It's one of New Zealand's iconic TV moments. That's going to have to be a, a Kiwi TV show rather than like a one that you guys would have watched in the mm-hmm. 90s. Well, Dave, David Tua was quite big. Well, he was a boxer, <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh my God, awful. awful. Um, what TV shows would you be spelling something out? That's the only way I'm going to work that one out. Can you? Was it a Kiwi t- TV show, or was it a like, or was it a Kiwi version of a? Is it, is it like a TV show that's going to have like a, you know, seven days where it's you know mock the week, for example, um, or is it going to be a Kiwi version? I can of tell a... you right now, this this game show has appeared in multiple other countries. Okay, I've got a. Okay. Yeah. Um, it first started in 1975. Oh, I don't it, know. It, so it, it, it's, it's been around a while. It's been around yeah. a while. I can tell you. I, I've, I've, got I've written down an answer and I'm just going to stick to it yeah, here. Same. Same. Okay. That was question three. Question. Sorry, that was question four. Question five. Now, question five is multi choice. Famous 90s child actor Macaulay Culkin, this is multi-choice, became the first ever child star to be paid $1 million, to be paid $1 million for which of his films? Was it A, My Girl, B, Home Alone, C, Richie Rich, or D, Home Alone 2? Famous 90s child actor Macaulay Culkin became the first ever child star to be paid $1 million for which of his films? Was it... A, My Girl, B, Home Alone, C, Richie Rich, or D, Home Alone 2? As a side note, I'd uh, one of my favourite movies as a child growing up was um, The Good Son, which is Macaulay Culkin and Elijah Wood. Um, kind of like a horror-y, thriller-y movie. Um, recommend that. Right, how to tell that Joe had a very questionable childhood. Oh, <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's not like... Yeah, we're not... all sitting here watching family-friendly, heartwarming films, and he's watching horror thrillers. Well, Essex. older brothers. I grew up very quickly. Yeah. <laughs> right, that was question five. Question six. Are we ready for question six? Let's do it. Spencer Eldon. Spencer Eldon is more famously known as the Naked Baby. On the cover of which iconic '90s album? Ah, oh. Now, if you can name the artist, I'll give you half a point. If you can name the album, half a point. If you can name them both, full point. <clears throat> yeah, okay, I, I I know the artist, but I don't know the album name. Um, I think I know the artist, but I'm I think I've I've got two artists in mind that I'm just fifty-fifty, and I don't know why. I keep flipping between the two. Really? Yeah. Okay. I don't know. He has repeatedly tried to sue them to try yeah, and get more money. Yeah, I've heard about this. Spencer Eldon is more famously known as the Naked Baby on the cover of which iconic 90s album? 
half a point for the artist, half a point for the album. If you can name them both, full point. Oh, you get this so badly wrong. Dan, I'm going, I'm doing terrible here. Question seven. I'm going to give you a bit of a friendly one here, just because I know your background here. Question seven. Which country hosted the 1994 FIFA Football World Cup? Which country? Which country hosted the 94 FIFA Football World Cup? In my head, I'm thinking of the bloody Olympics. Oh, I thought that, I thought this would have been right up your alley. I, I, I only sure. know, you know I'm happy World Cups in, in the 1930s, clearly, Dan. Oh, who did 94? 98 was France. Yeah. Where was 94? Oh, man. Why is that not coming back to me? Actually, I know. I think I know. All right, that was question seven. Question eight. Now, this is multi-choice. It's multi-choice. Which of these popular 90s cartoons didn't actually first scream in the 90s? A, Beavis and Butthead. B, The Simpsons. C, Captain Planet and the Planeteers. Or D, Tintin. Sorry, can you um, <clears throat> ask the question again? Just because there's a detail in it that I think I might be... Question eight is multi-choice. Which of these popular 90s cartoons didn't actually first scream in the 1990s? A, Beavis and Butthead. B, The Simpsons. C, Captain Planet and the Planeteers. Or D, Tintin. Okay, cool. I've gone for a bit of a guess on that. Uh, there's no... That's too... That's such a niche thing to know, Dan. Yeah, I intentionally included some very like-minded answers there. <laughs> so, wait, this this question, this this round is about the nineties, but the question you've asked is about specifically not the nineties. I'm sorry, did you write this round, or did I? <laughs> <laughs> Fair enough. I stand corrected. <clears throat> know your place, Joe. I've got good news for you. Question nine is another New Zealand question. God. New Zealand had its first ever female Prime Minister in 1997. What was her name? Or is? She is still alive. New Zealand had its first ever female Prime Minister in 1997. What was her name? I, I know the first name. The second name. I'll give you half a point if you can give me the first oh, name. that's very nice of you. I'll go with that then. Um, I'm just, yeah, the second name I'm going to have to guess. How does that? How does that even work? You only remember half the name. <laughs> In question ten, are we ready for question ten? Yeah. Yep. Righto. Okay. So question ten. Now this is true or false. True or false. The men's English Test cricket team never won a single Ashes series against Australia during the nineteen nineties. Is that true or false? I'm, yeah, I think I know that as well, but I'm, I'm, ooh. That is question 10. That's the end of our quiz tonight. So are you ready for me to go through the answers, lads? Yeah, I, I, I think so. Joe, what do you think you've got for your score? Honestly, like, I've probably been talking up a big game, so I'm, I'm probably going to get, like, brought down to reality, but... I would say, at a minimum, six. Oh, my word. Maybe Ooh. even as high as eight. Yeah, I, I, I 
Yeah. Oh, okay. This is mm. what I like to hear, Joe. Yeah. You could get two wins from two tonight. Free, what are you I'm feeling? I'm relying on Joe being overly confident here because I don't even know if I've got one here. <laughs> oh, three. There's a lot. It's a bad oh. night to be three. I mean, if I've got question one, then we've got one. And then after that... Do you know what? Oh, who knows? I think... Pre's trying to pu push a narrative here where I'm a villain, right? So I've picked on him a little bit in the in the selling, and now he's going, oh, I don't know if I mean, I'm even going to get one push point. You yourself, though, to be fair. Yeah, that's fair. <laughs> I am a villain, but 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 um, surely Pre, nah, you 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 don't you're not confident on no, any answer. the World Cup um, one. You... Uh, I, I... <clears throat> nah, this is this can be this could be a shocker. This could be the first zero. Quite genuinely, this could be the first zero of the of the whole podcast, um, and I might never ever live this down. So, no, you said you had the first name, so of a former prime minister. So you're you're in for half a point at least. Yeah, but Dan, this is, that's New Zealand knowledge. Like, I mean, I could be completely mistaken. I didn't know that for sure that it was definitely that prime minister. Just a name popped out. I guess that was a former female prime minister, but I only remember the first name for no reason. I, I think right. If if Pre gets a zero here, we're just gonna have to bring Peter to um, take over and be the next co-host. Maybe that's how this should work. I mean, I wouldn't say it's just whoever loses gets booted <laughs> off the podcast and replaced by a listener. <laughs> <laughs> All, right, All right, let's go. Question one, lads. Question one. American novelist R.L. Stein is responsible for which famous '90s series of novels? Pre, what do you have? I've gone for the cat in the hat. Okay, Joe. Joe, what did you get? Joe's shaking his head. <laughs> Sorry. He's just laughing at me. Uh... <laughs> I, I was trying to keep a straight face. You just confused Dr. Seuss with Aaron Stein. What the I'm... fuck? <laughs> So... <laughs> I was trying so hard to be professional for the straight face. Oh no! Good lord! Jesus! I thought that question was a gimme. Joe, got the answer. Um, I, I, so my answer, which I'm pretty confident with, is goosebumps. Yes, of course, it fucking is. <laughs> Yeah, mate, that's that's that's, that's forest. Oh, I was wrote about green eggs and ham. <laughs> oh man, this is this is going to be a train wreck, guys. Oh, pre pre pre. Okay, question two. In 1997, OMC, which stands for the Otara Millionaires Club, famously became the first ever New Zealand band to reach number one on a US Billboard chart with which hit single? For sheer comedic value, pre. I want to hear your answer. <laughs> um. Yeah, so obviously I had to just make up something for this because I I, I couldn't even get anywhere close to a guess. So I just wrote, "Who let the sheep out?" <laughs> <laughs> that sounds like a Fred Dagg song, to be fair. Oh, pray I love you, mate. Joe, right. how did you get on? Um, <clears throat> so I was I was really racking my brain, um, and as you know, I started off. Apparently incorrectly with Len and still my sunshine, and then I had a thought of what I'm hoping is the right answer. I'm not too confident. Mm. 
I don't know if it's a Kiwi song, but I'm fairly sure they claim it, and it might be a Lemington kind of scenario where Aussies and Kiwis fight over it, but is it how bizarre? You're right on one of two fronts. You're wrong in the sense that Australia lay no claim to this because OMC literally stands for Otara Millionaires Club, and you are right with how bizarre. You're two from two, Joe. Oh, man. Two from two. One, one more question right, and you might hit a record high. <laughs> now, hey, I got four the first three. week. Question three. Now, remember, there was half a point on offer if you're within a year either side. Question three. In which year did Bill Clinton famously tell the nation in a televised speech, I did not have sexual relations with that woman, Miss Lewinsky? Joe, what year did you go for? So this is one that I was, there's a pretty big swing where I, I, I well, pretty big swing is what caused this issue. Um, but <laughs> I, <laughs> um, I'm not too confident on the, it was pretty much a, a stab in the dark, um, 96 Okay, okay, okay. Pre, how did you get on? Go for ninety-five, and I again, I don't know it, um, but ninety-five felt right. Okay, um, I'll be honest. I was trying to be kind and giving you half a point. Neither of you have even got half a point. The answer is nineteen ninety-eight. Isn't that late? Ninety-eight. Oh wow. Oh yeah. Okay, I I thought I would be more. I was seven, so I thought I'd be more. I mean, he took over from George Bush Senior, but yeah, no, he um, yeah, it was nineteen ninety eight. That's when he admitted it. But what what year did he become president? Um, stop asking the quizmaster questions. You should know. Um, ninety five, maybe. Oh right, okay, yeah, because that, yeah, that. Yeah, in my version of history, he's done that in his first year in office. Oh, All right, man. question four. Which TV game show was former New Zealand boxer David Tua appearing on when he uttered the famous line, Oh, for awesome. Joe, what do you have? Mine was just a, a stab in the dark of, uh, like, of a show that's been around for a while. Um, I wrote it down, and when you gave me the, the fact of it was in the 70s, I just was like, that kind of sounds right. My kind mm-hmm. of knowledge of American or or quiz shows, I think this may have been a show that's lasted longer than that. But the mm-hmm. one I wrote down was Wheel of Fortune. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Prey, how did you get on? So Wheel of Fortune was one of the ones that went through my head. I also just randomly thought of Countdown, but I thought Countdown wasn't here in that time for sure i don't think or not 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 something that a boxer would turn up on it did cross mm. my mind as well yeah, yeah but purely because sure. of the letters thing so i've gone for now i only said this because i think it's been around a long time but i completely forgot the format of the show but is it jeopardy i can tell you right now on question four one of you are correct oh, i think it's you pray i think you're jeopardy it could be with a fortune joe I'm, I'm not confident on mine. Which TV game show was former New Zealand boxer David Tua appearing on when he uttered the famous line, Oh, for awesome. He had been spinning the oh. Wheel of Fortune, my friends. Oh, no. <laughs> Bree, what's going on, mate? <laughs> this is, I, think, I mean, seriously, you're going to have to replace me. 
um, then he was. This is a wrap. This is this is Brazil, we Germany, mate. We have been talking about it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Question five. Now this was multi-choice. Famous '90s child actor Macaulay Culkin became the first ever child star to be paid one million dollars for which of his films? Was it A. My Girl, B. Home Alone, C. Richie Rich, or D. Home Alone Two? He became the first ever child star to be paid one million dollars for this film. Pre, what's your answer, mate? So, I'm thinking of the ones that made, like, were famous, made lots of money, etc. You know. I don't think he would have been paid a huge amount for Home Alone 1, the first one, because he's unknown you quantity correct. and you know, new script and all that. He was paid 40000 Yeah, decent sum. Um, however, I think because the first one would have blown up, that Home Alone 2 would have been the one he would have milked it in from. So, I've gone for Home mm. Alone 2. Interesting take, though. Joe, where do you sit on the fence? Ah, uh, I had the exact same answer as Pre. Same logic. Home Alone One um, was where he got famous, and then he was a famous child actor, right? That I I kind of got bogged down in. When was Richie Rich released? When was My Girl released? My Girl, by the way, fantastic movie. Um, but I wrote down Home Alone Two as the answer, thinking that it's an established brand. He's already been the star of the show, um, and I think that was the logic that I went down. It's good logic. However, this question was a bit of a trick because it was about the first time he got paid $1 million. Now, granted, on Home Alone, he was paid 40000 In Home Alone 2, he was paid in millions of dollars. However, that wasn't the first movie that he cracked the $1 million mark for his films. Wow. Shortly after Home Alone, he starred in a small movie you may have heard of called My Girl, where he became the first ever child star to be paid $1 million for his appearance. Do you know what? He earned it. Great movie. Disappointed that he cost me 30 years later, but fair play to him. I mean, Joe, you're, you're not in as much of a dire situation as I am right now. Fair. Question six. Now... There's there's half a point for the artist, half a point for the album on offer here. So Spencer Eldon is more famously known as the Naked Baby Baby on the cover of which iconic 90s album? Name the artist, half a point. Name the album, half a point. Joe, how did you get on? So at first, so I knew straight away that the artist was Nirvana, and I'm pretty confident that that's the answer. And then I was really struggling for the album name and at first i just wrote come as you are um and then it was actually in a later question where i remembered uh, the title of an album and it was Nevermind. and i think that's an the one of the earlier albums i think that's the one of the baby and i wrote down never mind that's good reasoning Joe? Oh, sorry, Pre, how did I, you get I, it? I could have named the artist and I got Nirvana. But Did you not even write right. an answer down? Have you done pub quiz before? Oh, um, I can't... I can, yeah, I wrote Nirvana, then I was... Because I was rushing, I was trying to think of like titles of the songs, and I accidentally wrote down Linkin Park. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Pre! 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 Pre!
for me. Oh my god. <laughs> Guys, pressure does not suit me. I can me tell you right now. I can tell you right now that both of you are getting at least half a point. You're right, the artist oh, is Nirvana. Now, this has regularly been voted one of the most influential albums of the 90s. Um, sadly, it was not by Linkin Park. It is, of course, Nevermind. Yeah, oh, get in. I'm just glad not to be on Prius, two answers. That's Forest Town level. Uh, yeah. Right, uh, uh, Joe, what are you sitting on points-wise here? Um, one, two, three, four. Four at the moment. Four out of six. Four out of six. And pre, just for our listeners' sake, uh, how many points are you sitting oh, it's on? It's not important, Dan. Um, you know, I'm <laughs> on 0.5. I mean, half, half a point. <sighs> Beautiful. Right, okay. Question seven. Considering you are both British and both absolute massive football heads, I will consider this an absolute affront to your own uh, upbringings if you don't get this question right. Question seven. Which country hosted the 1994 FIFA Football World Cup pre? Okay. Answer, please. So, for some reason, I kept thinking of Barcelona, um, even though I think that was where the Olympics was in that decade, not the World Cup. Also not a also country. Not a country, but I would have thought Spain, obviously, <laughs> not Barcelona. The <laughs> then, then I was like cycling through thinking, like, who, who would have hosted, who would have won, who would have played? And I think I remember that in the 90s, England didn't qualify for one tournament. I think they didn't qualify for USA. Okay. I think you would only ask that question to bring that whole fact up and just remind us of that trauma. <laughs> and then also I remember that in, the opening, something so <laughs> in the opening ceremony, um, Diane, Diana Ross took a penalty kick it's a penalty. and missed. Yeah. Now I think, just I know that footage really well because I've seen it a few times. That looks like it's out of the 90s. So in my mind, 1994, the USA held it. Joe, do you have a different answer? I'm like 90% confident in my answer. Um, and pre, I, I'm spot on um, with you. Um, USA, 94. Um, I know that from the Diana Ross spot kick as well. Um, I don't actually... I didn't actually go into this knowing that it was a tournament that England didn't qualify for. Um I actually. I just... didn't either, but I'm glad I got to. I was able to bring that. <laughs> um, I like. I, I was three years old, right? So like, my my early football memories is the '96 Euros very vaguely, and the '98 World Cup, um, where England did, you know, pretty pretty okay. Um, so I, I must have blocked out that we didn't qualify for USA '94, but '94 um, USA is my answer. The answer is USA. Oh, Yes. yes. There you are, Pre. I've redeemed myself slightly. On the board with a full point. Question eight. Now, this is multi-choice. Which of these popular 90s cartoons didn't actually first screen in the 90s? A, Beavis and Butthead. B, The Simpsons. C, Captain Planet and the Planeteers. Or D, Tintin. Pre, how'd you get on? In my, I just, out of all those options, Tintin feels like the oldest. As in, like, it feels like it started out a lot earlier than the others. Just visually looking at it and going, sure, that looks like it was illustrated earlier. So for me, mm. Tintin I've gone for, but again, it's a guess. I would have thought that too. Damn it. Uh, Joe, <laughs> what's your answer? 
Um, so this is actually one that I'm not confident in at all, and I think I've, I've probably got the wrong answer. So at first, when you said Beavis and Butthead, I just had the 2000s in mind. Um, and I was like, maybe that was shown in 2000, um, in the early 2000s. And then I was thinking Captain Planet, Tintin, maybe they were before the 90s as well. But I do know that the Simpsons Series 1 was like 1990 or 1991. Um, and I know that they had a few episodes that were aired before 99, or be- before season one began. And I was thinking maybe that's the the route that you're going down. And that's your logic behind it. So um, given I was pretty confident in some of my other answers, I actually wrote down The Simpsons. I can tell you right now that despite Pre's uh, thoughts of Tintin being the oldest, I would have thought that too. It screened first in 1991. Beavis and Butthead and Captain Planet and the Planeteers also first started screening in the 90s. First oh, no. airing in 1989 was The Simpsons. Yeah, I had that. Like, Is that like the, let's get some frosty chocolate milkshakes? Like, oh, that was awful. People yeah, like, that. it was real <laughs> bad animation. Yeah. Oh, mate, I'm stoked with that. And then they got a budget and then it came out swinging. Okay, so question nine. Pre has just gone entirely silent. He's, <laughs> He's questioning the whole podcast. Questioning my life choices. Question nine. In, in 1997... Now, there was half a point here, if you could name at least the first name. New Zealand had its first ever female prime minister in 1997. What was her name? Pre, what was the first name you wrote down? Helen. I got a nod from Joe, which means... I've got good news for you, Pre. You're not getting half a point. What? What? Is it not Helen? Helen Clark was the second female Prime Minister. She was elected. She was the first ever elected female Prime Minister. The first ever female Prime Minister wasn't elected. She just kicked out her boss to become Prime Minister. So, Joe, what's your answer, my man? Oh, no. (laughs) Joe wrote down Helen Clark, too. And you know what? I was so confident in that answer as well. Like, as soon as you said it, I was like, boom, Helen Clark, write it down. Jenny Shipley. Jenny Shipley. Never heard of her. Jenny Shipley. She was with National. She booted out Jim Bolger to become the first ever female Prime Minister of New Zealand. She shortly afterwards lost to a certain Helen Clark. Oh, okay. Outrageous. And I feel robbed. And I hope the audience do as well. (laughs) Question 10. Now, this was true or false. True or false. The men's English test cricket team never won a single Ashes series against Australia during the 1990s. Is that true or false? Joe. Um, so I watched a bit of the Ashes in the early uh, early noughties and I vaguely remember us winning the Ashes once and it being a big deal because we'd won it it's the first time we'd won it for a long period of time Um, you're talking about 2005 is it is it okay it might be that we won it in the mid 90s it might have been more than 15 years since we'd won it so I wrote true because I remember 
that being awesome. And I know like nineties was Australia's heyday as well. I think we've all played Shane Warne cricket on PlayStation back in this. <laughs> True, true. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm... pre. What's your same name? logic as Joe? I remember two thousand and five. I remember it being a big deal because we had not learned for ages. So I've gone for true on that. Good news, boys. You're both finishing your quiz tonight with a win. It is true. England were particularly woeful during the nineties after their last Ashes series win in the summer of 1986-87. They went home empty-handed until the summer of 2005. Wow, that's outrageous. But good to know that we're a lot better now. <laughs> um, but it, wow. All right, okay, let's go. Oh, if, I, if I can get you lads to, to tally up your points, please. Pre, um, let's, let, let's kick us off. Um, how many points did you get tonight, my man? Two and a half out of ten. Two and a half. And Joe, how'd you get on, my friend? First of all, just like to congratulate Pre um, for not getting the lowest score that we've had in this competition, as I got two out of ten last week. I have um, done well that done, with the skim of my teeth. I can't. I actually can't believe I've got two and a half out of ten. <laughs> <laughs> oh, mate! But no, I'm I'm super proud of you, mate. But um, you. but yes, this week so much better. Um, I wasn't confident going in, but kind of happy as the questions are being asked that I was pretty confident. I don't remember what I predicted, um, but I did end up with a 7 out of 10, which is kind of roughly what I thought, so I was quite, quite oh, happy with that. Oh, 7 out of 10, we finally cracked average. Well done, Joe. Peter, well done. I'm coming for you, mate. <laughs> it's a direct challenge. Alright, so Joe tonight has both the bragging rights from the quiz and his beer in the fridge. That is just fantastic, Joe. A phenomenal effort from you tonight, my friends. Um, I don't know about you lads, but um, should we probably wrap this up now? If you want to, uh, if you want to check out the two beers that we pitted against each other tonight, um, check out our link tree on Instagram or in the show notes. Also, while you're online, please again do send us in your scores. We'd love to see how you got on with the quiz tonight. At Barely a Quiz, that's our Instagram. We'll shout out any top scores or interesting answers. Also, please don't forget to rate us on the platform wherever you get your podcasts it helps other people other like-minded people find us and just helps us have more of a good time so i can tell you right now that if you're gonna if you're planning on tuning in next time on our next podcast the quiz will be all about who said that oh who said that so it'll be famous quotes so from Joe, Pre, and I, again, thanks for listening. We hope you enjoyed it. We, we, I know we certainly did. How do you guys feel about tonight? Um, I loved it despite embarrassing myself for the last half an hour, 40 minutes. <laughs> twice. You embarrassed yourself twice. Don't forget that, Pre. Yeah, sorry about that, guys. Yep. Joe, you must be sitting on cloud nine, my friend. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, to go up in, in a sales competition competition against a salesman and i'm just a nerdy little it specialist i think that's that's pretty good and i got to show off my superior intellect against pre in the in the quiz um i know that i'm going to maintain it next week i'm not that confident on who said who said that as i'm more of a talker not a listener but um you know from what i've seen from pre today i don't think you can bring it <laughs> next week so my word this is this is country all of a sudden <laughs> All of a sudden, I've been doing it all night. <laughs> it's pretty strong logic, and he's got he's got his stats in his corner. So, again, 
those of you listening tonight, thank you so much for coming along. Please join us again next time. We look forward to to seeing you and hearing you there. So Kakite Harera. We will catch you on the on the next one. This has been barely a quiz. This has been Dan Prian Joe. Harera everyone. We'll see you next time. Thank you so much.